Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Goalpost. And the New York Giants were crucified on national television last night, losing 24-3 to the Seattle Seahawks, barely mustering a field goal. Patrick, that was absolutely terrible to watch. Daniel Jones is is back to his old ways, Damian. We he had a glimmer of hope last year. You know, we thought this might be a new era of Giants football with Brian Dable coming in, making the playoffs in his first year. Daniel Jones signs the big ticket. Saquon also signs his contract. And boy, did they need Saquon Barkley last night. That was ugly. Daniel Jones sacked 11 times, Damian. And I got a little fun tweet for you from from 49ers uh, defensive lineman Eric Armstead. He, uh, to me. he goes... Daniel Jones, I'm so disappointed in you. Why would you throw the ball so quick versus us and then let these people have a career day? Dot, dot, dot. Why weren't we deserving? That is as bad as it gets if you're a Giants fan. Just you're getting clowned on by just like players in the league. And people won't even go there with the Jets right now. People won't even make fun of the Jets in public. It's like a completely different standard. Yeah, somehow the Giants are the laughing stock of the New York football teams, and Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback of the other one, which is just shocking to me. What a turn of events. Nothing like the NFL to just make you absolutely question everything you know about the league. I mean, Brian Dable goes and has one of the best coaching seasons out of any coach in the NFL last year, and then is seemingly just laying an absolute dud right now for a season. People are calling for him to resign. People are calling for him to be fired. He seems pissed off with Daniel Jones. He seems absolutely dejected on the field from every camera angle you see of him. And there's just nothing going well right now. I think that the Seattle defense can be credited for playing a good game, but you almost can't really give it to them. No, it in like that first quarter was just some of the sloppiest football uh, I've seen in a long time. And then it was just capped off with that Daniel Jones, uh, sack fumble then the pick six of course later on in the game like you do want to credit Seattle's defense absolutely like you said but it just feels like the Giants do it to themselves time and time again and especially when you're in these primetime spots Damian there's really no hiding your you know your flaws and it was on full display on on Monday night Daniel Jones like I I don't know what you do you got to find a way to instill confidence in him and kind of find his way to get that swagger that he has like he was still running the ball well he ran for 66 yards but the passing game was just so bad to watch it felt like you know I could have gone in there and I could have thrown an interception and I could have fumbled it from a sack I could have got sacked 11 times man it was just bad I don't think Dable should be fired I don't know I don't think so either yeah it's too kind of early on in his like career his tenure with the Giants but this season is probably dead. Yeah, that's where I was really going next with this because the Giants have the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Commanders in their next three. And I don't even feel confident enough in them to beat the Commanders or make that a game right now. So they could be staring down one and six extremely quickly, and it's an immediate punt on the season. I think that they it's interesting that you say like they need to figure out something for Daniel Jones here because he has these weird lapses where he he looks like he's never played quarterback before. 
and he makes some of the most questionable decisions like you'll ever see on a football field. And then there'll be times where he's a completely heads up quarterback and he's got a great sense in the pocket for running and getting first down. So they clearly need to to scheme an offensive system around this guy that works to his strengths because, you know, similar to like a Justin Fields in Chicago right now, it seems like they're absolutely building around the wrong stuff around Daniel Jones right now. Yeah, and and somehow the the Bears are definitely in a better position than the than the Giants are because the Giants just signed Daniel Jones to a four year contract like worth big money, and it seems like he might not be the guy. And I was kind of shocked that they signed him to that amount of like term and value in yeah. the beginning. And I mean, so far I've kind of been proven right in my in my initial uh, analysis of that deal, but like. You can't finish one and six because then or you can't go one and six and then, you know, because then you're probably going to finish the season with less than five wins. And then what do you do in the first round? Do you do you take a shot on a quarterback or, you know, do you somehow like give uh, Jones the vote of confidence? I, it's just a really bad spot for the Giants to be in right now, because. I think most of us kind of expect them to be competitive this year. I don't know if yeah. like, you know, they'd win the division or anything, but like be competitive and competing for a wildcard spot is where I have the Giants going into this year. And it looks like they are going to be a bottom feeder in borderline drafting in the top five. It's it's really stunning because they're in kind of sports limbo right now. It's it's the worst possible spot for any team to be in. You're stuck in a big contract in a couple of different ways and then you don't have the draft position or capital really to turn it around as fast so you're essentially just keeping your head above water for the entire season and it's it's an absolutely bad spot to be in it's going to get worse before it gets better for the Giants which is bad to say um, but other than that my only other note was Devin Witherspoon you know a lot of eyes on him fifth overall pick he absolutely showed out last night he gets like a 99 yard pick six. He's got a huge sack early in that game. He was everywhere. He seems to be a perfect fit for that defense. Yeah, that was his like welcome to the NFL moment. I feel like where he's like, I belong in this league. And, you know, that's the confidence that corners need because like week to week, I mean, corners, it's one of the toughest positions to play in the NFL, especially with the rules where you just like can't touch a receiver. Um, but no, it was good for him. Nice to see another Big Ten product producing in the NFL. And uh, I wish the best for him. Yeah, it was good to see. I love people coming out of schools like Illinois. Yeah, that's uh, Seattle defense, though. Like their secondary, it's that's a scary secondary. It's starting to be like Seattle of old a bit. You're starting to see people really, you know, get scared or think twice about passing the ball against them. Uh, and shit, we didn't even talk about Geno's, you know, injury kind of. Did, did you think that was a dirty hit? Uh, it's it's tough rap tackle i wouldn't say it's dirty i wouldn't say it's dirty because i don't know if you like intentionally do that i mean they're they're just so big and moving so fast that i don't know i don't think it's dirty i don't think it was like clean necessarily either but i I don't think you throw a flag on that play i hope he's okay i don't know how like i don't have any details of what the injury is but another injury jamal adams First came yeah. back after 387 days, I believe it was, and first quarter concussion. Giants first drive actually concussion. Yeah. You see him screaming at the neurologist. They're like the 
Yeah, what was that, man? He's like screaming at the team doctor. It's, uh, I believe that's a symptom of a concussion, actually, where it's like you're not rational, like you're kind of freaking out on people, like you're, you can't think. If that you was just a bad took, scene, man. Yeah, if you just took one look at him when he took his helmet off, like that was the most concussion look on a face he I've ever seen He could barely keep his eyes straight. It was, it was like a cartoon, like boxing match, and he like had, you know, little birds flying above his head. Yeah, that yeah. was... That was absolutely the right protocol staying in place. So I'm glad that that the NFL hasn't had many slips in that so far this year. They seem to be a bit more on top of it uh, than definitely than last year. Um, but moving back to the event of the weekend, Sunday night football in New York. You've heard about it. You've seen about it a zillion times. Got 27 million average viewers for this football game. Taylor Swift in the rafters. But the story of the game was Zach Wilson. We touched on it a tiny bit earlier, but he is looking like the better quarterback in New York right now. And I think that this was a this was a game that I think a lot of people felt good for Zach Wilson. You know, he's been getting absolutely trashed on to a point that even a guy that you might want to trash, it's like getting to be a bit overkill. Like this guy's still like an athlete in this league. He's still a professional quarterback, um, but in a loss more especially they still weren't able to pull this one out yeah i think everyone was happy except for rodney harrison uh who who was just trying to force chris jones to say that zach wilson's not a good quarterback which like i respect having an opinion for rodney harrison maybe ask the first question that was fine but the fact that he just kept poking and prodding at chris jones to try and get some some sound bite to use i, I don't bad. like that yeah I don't like that at all. But yeah, Zach Wilson played good football, outplayed Patrick Mahomes in prime time in front of Taylor Swift. And I, like that's the confidence like booster that Zach Wilson and honestly this Jets team in general needs. Like you competed with um are like the juggernaut in the NFL. You went wire to wire with them. You only allowed three points in the second half to Kansas City. Absurd. Yeah. So if you take away that kind of horrific start going down 17 nothing like the yeah. jets were in this game and had every chance to win it obviously we can get into it a bit but there was uh that third interception that was overturned with was it holding or pass interference i think it they called it a hold and yeah. it really set off kind of a cascade of bad calls or missed calls i would say at the end of that game i think jets fans have every right to be pretty fired up about it the third and 22 there was about four holds on the F offensive line. It was a pick and choose. Whichever one you wanted to call, they called none of it. I mean, you see guys making business decisions and not smoking Patrick Mahomes where any other quarterback would have gotten pancaked. Chris Collinsworth talking about how shifty Patrick Mahomes is on the, on, on the air, where it's guys don't want to lose their game checks for making a football play and hitting Patrick Mahomes. He's kind of gotten the aura now of, you know, the LeBron James superstar calls center and face of the league not being really treated the same. I know that goes both ways and the Chiefs obviously don't get the benefit of the doubt sometimes, but that was a bad spot in primetime for people who think that way, at least. Yeah, Mahomes can can do no wrong in the eyes of the NFL. Uh, it's I don't know. That was I would argue that was his worst game of his career. 
it in thinking about it last night i was i kind of came to the same conclusion as well and it was stunning to kind of think that because you figure that there would have been one kind of back in the day but no he's been this good for this long yeah the the best thing he did in that sunday night game was use his legs and i mean he he was scrambling for first downs making plays with his legs but his arm and some of the decisions and throws he was making it looked like he was the rookie quarterback with all the scrutiny and zach wilson was this two-time Super Bowl winner, MVP, just putting on. I mean, like, we let's let's go back to Zach Wilson and kind of give him a bit of shine. Like, 28 of 39, very efficient, 245 yards and two touchdowns. I'm like... And they I let him just, throw the ball longer than 10 yards, man. Yeah, like, he's an exciting player. You know what yes. I mean? It's like, if you take the leash off him and let him play ball, yeah. the guy knows how to play football. And, yeah. I like, I don't know, it, it wasn't surprising necessarily it might have been surprising kind of in the spotlight that he was in and kind of the pressure and the opponent but overall I mean Zach Wilson has has maybe breathed new life into this Jets team that is I know they're one in three and that's not the start you want to get off to but you can build off of that loss which feels really weird to say in the NFL but they can yeah and I feel like for the for the Jets I still think that they are a little bit away in terms of offensive play calling. There, there's still some very questionable decisions. Dalvin Cook's getting run a lot instead of Brees Hall and guys like Michael Carter, where they've looked a lot more dynamic. Dalvin Cook has not looked good to start this season. It's a tough hole to climb out of if you're the Jets, uh, but it is trending in the right direction. I think Trevor Simeon's going to be sitting on that bench for a, a pretty long time. I think... This was a turning point in the sense that they're probably going to ride out Zach Wilson to the rest of the season here, or at least until superhuman Aaron Rodgers comes back walking on a walking cast or whatever two weeks after surgery. It was nice to actually see him pretend to care about his team, uh, like actually just kind of, you know, show up. He was on the sidelines for, for warm up. You know, he wasn't going to stay there for the game. That's that's just too much to ask for. No Aaron. chance. eh? He's yeah. Get him up down. And he- yeah, he needs in the owner's suite, needs his time, needs his, you know, whatever they're giving him in the in the owner's suite. Um, but no, like they actually do need Aaron Rodgers, I think, around more on that team. Just that veteran calming, um, just that presence is huge to have for them. And I'm sure Zach Wilson too. But Damien, like the Jets, the Jets go play the Broncos next week. And they are underdogs which is just shocking to me. I don't know. I just looked at it because I was like, you know, the Jets, like, you know, we're talking about building, you know, Zach Wilson confidence. They're underdogs on the road to the Denver Broncos. Next what week. is it? Two and a half? Spot on. Right on. All right. I guess. I guess, man. That's a, the Broncos, the odds makers on the Broncos are having a tough season, dude. They have no idea what that team is. I just think Zach Wilson can easily shred that defense. No problem. And I like, I agree. Who, 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 Russell you Wilson almost, is not a world beater anymore. You almost have to put Zach Wilson in games that m- most like closely represent BYU games of like you're playing a terrible like group of like non group of five school that has a bad secondary and he can do fun stuff against them. That's almost how you should be approaching teams with bad secondaries. I know Patrick Sertan's great, but team Broncos have not been good over the air. Uh, but that will bring us to the four o'clock slate and Pats fans cover your ears because the Cowboys laid an absolute 
beating on the Patriots 38 to three, probably the worst Mac Jones game we've seen since he got taken out for Bailey Zappi last year. And the same thing happened. History repeated itself. Uh, Bill Belichick keeping his cards very close to the chest on this one. Uh, He didn't feel like he needed to be out there anymore. Uh, And I think that was because of how bad Mac played, not because of keeping him safe. Uh, Just some really, really bad decisions and some really bad interceptions and pick sixes. Patriots fans might tell you it's the offensive line. I think it might be a bit of both. I think it's just a combination of everything, really. Yeah. Like their defense wasn't really good. And they, you know, it the bad season gets worse for the Patriots fans with Judon and Gonzalez getting injured. I mean, like those are literally your only two bright spots on your entire team. Maybe Hunter Henry, maybe, yeah. but like that is uh devastating for morale, for, for just everything going forward. You just got 38 points put up on you. You only put up three. It is uh it's it's just weird to watch this in New England though for me like that's all like I don't I don't get like get giddy to watch this I'm not sad to watch this I'm just kind of shocked to see how how the mighty have fallen of what a once proud you know franchise was and we we'll get into it later the Steelers are kind of in the same boat but the Patriots man like it is time to look for a quarterback it is it is time it's very shocking. It's two kind of teams that are organizationally lost right now. Uh, and a lot of that comes from the offensive side of the football. Uh, I think that the Patriots, they've got coming up the Saints, the Raiders, the Bills, the Dolphins. So at, at your very best, you are splitting that two and two. Uh, at your very worst, you're probably going one over oh over right yeah i can see them going over like they might yeah. be the worst team in the league they they really might be and the saints stink and i still don't like want to yeah put them over them there so tough sledding for the patriots right now in terms of the cowboys another week where we have no clue what the cowboys are like they can't get they can't get an identity win or like a statement win that we believe in at all like it's part of its scheduling part of it's like they're playing these bad teams, putting up big points, then losing to inferior opponents. Another week where we essentially have to punt on what the Cowboys are. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get the te- we'll get the eye test next week, obviously, with them playing the 49ers on Sunday night. Finally, a good Sunday night football game. Woo! Um I don't. Yeah, you're right, though. I don't know what the hell to make out of the Cowboys. I mean, it's nice putting up 38 points and winning by 35. Like, that's a great statement win. But you're also just coming off a boy like a two two score loss to the Cardinals the week before, who are one of the worst teams in the NFL, too. And I mean, you know, it's nice for Dak to get some confidence going going into that that Sunday nighter against the 49ers. But like, I, it's just you're right, though. I this makes me feel no different about the Cowboys from before this week and to after. And I, they might as well not have played. Yeah. They might as well not have played. And this had been a bye week. All eyes are going to be them against the four on them against the 49ers. That is not a game you can even like blink wrong. So that'll be the true test. I think we're all kind of waiting for that to really put a mark on what the Cowboys are. Uh, But that'll take us to the next game. Chargers 24, Raiders 17. The Chargers absolutely squeak out a win here. 
And Brandon Staley is at this point a masochist who is trying to get fired from his job. The, are you talking about like the Asante Samuel uh, telling him to go down? You could you could pick in this game what you wanted to. How about going for it on fourth and one in your own in your own fucking side of the half with two minutes left in fourth quarter and losing it again? They got stuffed again. See, like that stuff, like that is Brandon Staley. So I, I don't mind him doing that because that's like what he built his kind of entire identity on. Really, take your pick though. Fuck. But yeah, it's. You can't have it both ways. You can't play conservative and play this like weird style of football and go away from what you've built kind of your 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 stick on. And then now you're going back to it and it's costing you. And it's like, buddy, pick a side and stick to it because then it's like they know it's not a secret. And it's like, okay, this is his one fault, but it's it is who he is. Dude, if Jimmy Garoppolo is in this football game, the Raiders win it. Like they absolutely win this football game. You, it was so close to being pulled off by the backup. What's his name again? Aiden McConnell. Aiden McConnell. There it is. Such Purdue. a such a hard name to remember. It's very bland. O'Connell. Uh, Aiden O'Connell. Aiden, sorry. There we go. Um, but yeah, he just came up short. He he threw a brutal pick right at the end that that sealed the deal for the Chargers to go down and win it. But just like any other team almost or like any other quarterback there, the Chargers lose another game here where they squeak out a win. It's good for them to avoid the panic mode a bit further, but I wasn't very impressed with them today or in that game. No, uh, Herbert was probably like the only bright spot in this game. Like he still found a way to throw for three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, that's oh, and Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack had six sacks. Kind of forgot he was in the league, honestly. Six? Six sacks. Fifth player to ever do that in the NFL. Ties the record? Holy don't, shit. Don't quote me on that. Get it? That's Ties. crazy. It's a franchise single game record uh, with six sacks. It was the sixth time a player has done it since stacks became an official statistic in 1982. The record is seven by Derek Thomas in 1990. So yeah, Khalil oh. Mack is back. Uh, yeah, that's huge. Okay, well, that, I did, there are some positive signs. I think Herbert has still looked really good so far this year. Took a bit of a weird injury at the end there on his hand. Uh, I think he'll end up being fine for the next week, but Chargers is going to be on a week-by-week basis to see kind of what team they are. I still don't think that they're a threat right now for the playoffs. No, and that was, that was the battle of the hot seats too with... Uh, <laughs> McDaniels and and Staley and he was coaching for his life. Josh McDaniels was coaching for his absolute life. He was so fired up, man. Just though, just looking at both of those guys, like I could tell you they wouldn't be good NFL head coaches just by just looking at them. And I mean, they've been proven to be two of the worst since they've kind of come into the league. Yeah, Uh, it's not good. I mean, the Raiders just tank. Just tank, get a quarterback because you have weapons. Yeah. I mean, probably yeah. trade Devontae Adams too. Get him out of there. It's uh, it's ugly so far. So much for my Raiders take thinking they're good in week one. Yeah, that's a that's definitely a QB team to kind of circle for the rest because this is a huge QB draft that'll pick up a ton of steam later in the ste- in the season. Um, but unfortunately, we have to go somehow to maybe the most offensive, maybe the Pats, but maybe the most offensive ugly performance. Texans 30, Steelers 6. Patrick, I'll give the floor to you. What are your thoughts here? Um, 
I could have told you we were going to lose this. The Steelers would have lost this game. I, I could have told you that going into it. Uh, it's just a spot that Mike Tomlin always loses in somehow, some way. You know, he's he's a big raw, raw coach. I've, I've kind of gone over this before, but just can't get his team up for the games that, you know, you should win. And the defense was horrible. The, the defense was just awful. Uh, the entire game, you didn't get any pressure on CJ Stroud, couldn't stop the run. Nico Collins looked like an all pro wide receiver out there. Uh, it was it was ugly from the beginning, um, but then they showed life early in the second half. They're running the ball with success. Najee Harris, like I, I, I haven't seen this from him all season. He actually looked good. And then um, you're when you're down 16, nothing, I, I think that's a good spot to, you know, maybe take some chances when you're in the second half, right? Like kind of maybe go for broke. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, there was some insane play calling. The Steelers could have had two touchdowns in this game. And I think 14 points would have given you a chance. I'm not saying you would have won the game or anything, but you make it all the way down to the feet, all the way down to the five yard line. And I fourth and goal. I I think you should go for it. It's the first time you've been down there all game and you're down 60, nothing. And then they kick one of those sad field goals. They, they actually get a stop then. And then they get it again. And you got fourth and one at the 49. You go for it. You go for that every time you're actually running the ball with success. And then later on in the game, they actually did have a fourth and one and they do go for it and they line up in shotgun. And it's just, I, I don't know how many times like you have to say it. And it's not just us. It's the entire world. You never line up in shotgun when you need a yard. It's so crazy to me that that is seemingly something that 99.9% of football fans, like players agree on. And somehow it just ends up in play calling schemes. Like, I don't know how it gets there. I don't know if it's offensive coordinators thinking they're the smartest people in the room or whether it's just a, a bad mix, but you are absolutely right. You have to take chances, especially for a team that's shown nothing offensively. What is there to lose? Like I, that's what I don't get. You're already down. No, I know. And you know, everyone's job is kind of up for grabs too. So it's like, Hey, maybe we should make a statement and try and like pretend that we actually have urgency in our jobs and we yeah. want to win games and we're not just playing to playing to like tie playing to lose like I it was it was really bad to watch it was by far like same scores or no I think it was 30 to 7 against the 49ers this game was much worse to actually watch because the, who are the Texans the Texans are supposed to be a bottom feeder team and CJ Stroud looked like the best quarterback in the league Matt Matt Canada it well Mike Tomlin after starts talking about we have some big changes to make, you know, blah, blah, blah. Matt Cannon is not getting fired. He's going to be calling the plays next week. And it, it's just so ugly to watch. And I'm I'm out. I'm out. I'm just not going to get up for these games. I'm going to watch the Steelers play, but there's no expectations for me at all. They're playing Baltimore next week. Like, you'll give me hope if you somehow win that game. And that is a game that Mike Tomlin just somehow wins when, you know, all hope seems to be lost. He'll just somehow win a game and give you hope again. But I, I'm not going to fall for it this year, Damian. It's going to be another year where you, they go eight and nine, nine and eight. And they're just, they're kind of stuck in purgatory as well. Yeah. Yeah. Organizationally lost at the moment. I think that it's 
absolutely clear as day that you need to fire Matt Canada. It shouldn't take this long for the entire world to recognize it, that you have a certain dictator in your offensive coordinator booth. It's just, it's, it's really sad because there are examples around the league of offensive coordinators getting it done with less talent on than is on the Steelers roster. This isn't a a flawed roster from a talent perspective in the sense that you can be getting so much more out of these guys than you are. And I think that that's really the disappointing part about this Steelers season. And again, organizationally lost, you're going to lose people in this process. You're going to get people like yourself checking out and just saying, I have no expectations for this team until something changes. So that'll be what it takes with some, some real fucking change in this organization. And Listen, the the longer Tallman goes or or Khan or Rooney without firing Matt Canada, it puts Mike Tallman's job in up in the air. Like what why are you continuing to enable this and your this legacy? Guy? Like why are you intermingling your fucking your Mike Tomlin like perfect legacy in terms of being a football coach and now just muddying the waters with shit offense? Yeah, no, it's like if you fire if the Steelers went and fired Tomlin at this point, I really would have no problems yeah. with it. Like, I wouldn't, I'm not for it. I, I wouldn't say that, but like, if they fired him, I would completely understand. Yeah. Imagine he hasn't saying done that three anything. years ago. Imagine saying that even two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's weird. And like, I don't think Kenny's a bad quarterback. I don't think he's bad. He's not good, though. And we don't have the offensive pieces around him to really boost it up. But like you said, you know, other teams are doing it. Like, look at the Cardinals. Josh Dobbs wasn't dressing for the Steelers. He was on the bench with an iPad, and now he's going out there with the Cardinals, and he's putting up two touchdowns against the 49ers. Borderline three of Zach Ertz catches that late one. Why Why can't the Steelers just go out and make plays? and just Exactly. You don't need to put up 30 points a game, but 20 would be nice. I know. It, it's an absolutely mind-boggling situation. The Cardinals are a great example to pull up, um, but that'll – Bring us to probably what was the most exciting game of the day. The Eagles squeak out a win 34-31 against the Commanders. This was an absolute statement loss for the Commanders, very similar to the Jets. Um, This was a game where I think they should have gone for two and gone for a win. You talk about going for it and really putting it on the line. I had no confidence for the Commanders to win that game in overtime, and I don't think a lot of people did. And I feel like kicking that field goal, like just like sealed their loss almost or, or sorry, go. Yeah. Kicking that extra point. Yeah, no, it's, I had the same reaction. Like you're eight and a half, nine point underdogs on the road against a divisional opponent. You get the touchdown to, to go down one as time expires. You, your coach's nickname is riverboat Ron and you, you kick an extra point. It's he, just, yeah, it's sad. Lose that title. Yeah. Oh, he he has. He has. The past, like, since he's been with the Commanders, yeah. he has not he coached no longer Riverboat. No. Uh, it was a great game from the Commanders, though. Like, Sam, Sam Howell actually looked like a good quarterback. And, like, their defense, I know 34 points against, but, like, they were on top of them, pressuring Hurts, um, kind of forcing them to make these big plays. And it was like they're getting them to third downs, getting them to third down, but then – Philly kind of kept converting. I, Damien, kind of similar to the Cowboys. I don't know what to make of the Eagles. I think it's kind of, it's a good point. I don't really know either. 
they've they've looked up and down. They're somehow four and zero. They're gonna get to the end of this season. Like they're gonna be in the NFC Championship game. I just don't know what really happens then. Like I don't really know who this team is. No, and I was I was just looking at their schedule. They have a they have a, I would argue maybe the hardest schedule in the league. So it's huge that they got out to this four zero start. I mean, they play the Dolphins, they play the Cowboys, they play the Chiefs, they play the Bills, they play the 49ers, um, well, Cowboys twice, obviously, and, I mean, they would have had to play an Aaron Rodgers-led Jets team, so, like, we will find out who this Eagles team is, but they don't have, to me, the eye test from four games in. It does not look like the same Eagles team from last year, defense and offense. Yeah, if you were to take a four-game sample size, four games into the season last year, people were reacting to the Eagles like they are to the 49ers right now, right? Like it was the they were the juggernauts, they were the world beaters. This was the team everyone was circling on their calendar that they needed to really get ready for. And now they just seem like a team that is a bit a bit too susceptible to mistakes. Like that was the thing about the Eagles last year. They didn't really make a lot of mistakes around the board, like on offense or defense. You lose certain guys over the season, like CJ Gardner, Johnson, like he goes to the lines. You start losing a bit of pieces. You get Jalen Carter. It just kind of seems like they're going to need some time to kind of meld it back all together. Yeah. And I mean, they got to do it quick because like, like I said, like they will have a gauntlet in the middle of the season and you got to get your guys ready for that. Uh, I think, you know, it's you're winning games. So, like, don't apologize for being 4-0 and kind of thing. But I do think you're going to have to perform a bit better. I still think you you have a great opportunity, like you said, to go to the NFC Championship. But uh, did you see, sorry to kind of change, but did you see that tush push that was just a complete false start? I mean, the tush push is just getting getting a bit outrageous now in the sense that like every time it happens, it's a new story. Like it's an it we're everyone's talking about it again and again and again. Yeah, I I'm fine with the tush push. I think that play should be perfectly legal. I think it's like that is football going out there and like kind of getting a yard. But I do think you should be called if you're a false, like if it's a false start and it was egregious, like it wasn't even close. And, you know, people are arguing, oh, the commanders were lined up offside in the neutral zone. Okay, call that too. Like, I, I don't care. Just call call it the way it's supposed to be called. I'm not playing favorites here, but that was a fourth and one and in overtime, I believe. And, you, you know, they just got the first down where it's like you should have to rerun that play if you're going to call offsetting penalties. Yeah, they just missed it. Uh, I think that I think some people are being a bit holier than thou about the rules of football. There's all sorts of rules like to to limit certain types of offensive plays, whether that's people going downfield reporting like there's all sorts of, you know, minutia over kind of making changes to the game to to fix almost like loopholes like that. I don't think that the tush push has gotten to that area yet. You just it's a trenches play. It's fourth and one. If if it was a, a you know some sort of play that they were pulling off and getting five yards every time, maybe it's a different question. But this is a play that you know even if you were doing it a bit differently, is still an insanely high success rate. Yeah, and I think if you're gonna look for rule changes, maybe the NFL should bring in the uh, the onside punt uh, like we saw in the CFL. I mean, that would just be electric if we saw that in NFL games. Like fourth and one, we're going for it. 
onside punt. The CFL has had a, a renaissance in the rules community in the past few weeks. I saw people talking about the no yards rule being allowed. Pat McAfee was all fired up about people taking fair catches on kickoffs. You want to get rid of that, you know, yeah, dip no. your toes in. Yeah, it's the no yards rule actually makes sense. If you ask me, I, I, I don't mind that moving rule. towards protecting players. It is it was kind of ahead of its time in that sense. Yeah, but I mean, you know, credit to the Eagles. You found a way to get this win against a divisional opponent in overtime. And, you know, you stay 4-0 and and just kind of keep moving onward. But I do think they're going to have to clean up some stuff if they want to get back to the Super Bowl. Agreed. We'll now have to unfortunately move to an ugly, ugly game for the other team that was trying to go undefeated. The Dolphins fall 48-20 to to the Buffalo Bills. And it was a sad day for the Dolphins because I think that a lot of fans were getting really fired up. Buffalo is always the test, right? Especially the past five years. The bar in the division is how you play Buffalo. And I think people were really excited for kind of a powder keg game where where the lid blew off. And, and we really proved that we were the best team. We, oh my God, uh, that the Dolphins were the best team in the division. Uh, but that did not happen, and it all falls on the Dolphins' defense. I think that that was the biggest concern coming into this game. We've talked about the Dolphins' inability to stop the run uh, earlier this season, but they couldn't stop the run or the pass. Stefan Diggs just absolutely took advantage of Koku, who was on him for most of the day. He couldn't get anything against them, and you know there, there was a lot of spots in this game where you could nitpick if you were the Dolphins, whether it be refing, whether it be play calling but they just weren't good enough today uh, offensively or defensively uh and, and that showed the bills were the better team by a mile well put i think that was that was well put uh it's hard to go undefeated in the nfl man it's it's really hard especially when you got to play buffalo twice a year i think a lot of people overreacted to that week one buffalo loss big time um they're still a top five team in this league and i think they're kind of they showed it today i think I think the motivation was there for Buffalo for this this game, you know, to kind of happen. I think they really want to, you know, stick it to Miami after that seventy after Miami put up like seventy points. Um, you know, ju- like they're they're zero one in the division. Like Buffalo kind of needed this one in a weird way as well. It's okay, Damien. It's, I, this doesn't make me think the Dolphins are a bad team whatsoever. It, it's just no. the the motivations were in different spots, kind of. You kind of got it handed to you, handed to you a little bit, but it's okay. You still like managed to like the offense was still there. I mean, twenty points could have been more, and then the Bills, forty eight. Like you do have things to work on. The Dolphins have things to work on, absolutely. But when they play each other again, like Jalen Ramsey's going to be back. Like hopefully, like he'll be on Stephon Diggs. Like it's. I do think things are going to change as the season goes along, and it seems like, you know. At chain is is your new running back. I like the yeah. carries. It's like there there's a bright spot to kind of go off of it. It seems like he's really emerging. Definitely, and in a game where I think the biggest uh, detractor was personnel, I think he was a bright spot for personnel. I think he shown kind of through that he is going to be the guy that we if we need yards fast, it's going to go to him. Um, but on defense, uh, it, it was definitely a personnel issue. Like they got they're dealing Jalen Phillips not being in that game really hurt them. Uh, and then Christian Wilkins goes down uh, early and, you know, it, it was a bit of a problem. They were getting exposed on the corners. 
hopefully Jalen Ramsey coming back does solve that. I'm really excited for him to get back like and actually join this team. I think he's going to be really sick, especially just in that uniform. I think he's going to look really good. Yeah, I, I think he will too. And I think that guy is is a Miami guy, if you exactly. know what I mean. Like a you know, kind of Florida State, Jacksonville, <laughs> Miami. Like he's he's a big Florida guy. Yeah, big time. Um, but Buffalo's gonna get better too. It, like yeah, Dad Miller's starting to, me, to practice. To me, they're the the like maybe the number one, number two team in the NFL right now. I'd put the 49ers ahead of them. Um, but they've looked a hell of a lot better than the Chiefs, I would say. I would argue these are the two best teams in the AFC. Yeah, I would too. I think I, I it, how cool would it be if this ended up being like an AFC championship? I don't know if that can like actually happen. I guess it would depend with seeding. Um, but I think that would be so sick. Uh, these are two teams. There's no love lost to. They're actually like starting to build up a real divisional rivalry between these two, like other, uh, you know, big time rivalries around the league and you know that's something to get excited about i love having this game in buffalo early in the season i like that it's not there later they're coming back to miami later in the season and that'll be a big time test i'm excited for that one it uh, kind of sorry it just kind of sucks i think the next time these guys play it's week 18 so i'm really hoping it isn't a punt game like that nobody gives a shit about it that's what i was saying like I, this game should matter it's bad and- scheduling really bad scheduling give them give like make it so the patriots play the jets and the bills play the patriots in week 18 and then you can punt those games but the fact that like you're having two kind of top tier teams maybe have a nothing game in week 18 like it's the nfl and the fans loss so yeah exactly um but going over to another divisional matchup the titans put their stuff on the table 27 to 3 against the dejected Cincinnati Bengals and the Cincinnati Bengals are lost. I think this season's over. It's definitely like it's panic. teetering on it. Like it's yeah, it's it's as I think it's shocking. It's it's shocking. Like I I don't really know what to say about it. I mean, the Bengals. This is a game that you know if you wanted to show that you're back and like you're an actual team like you you just go and win this you take care of business against the what isn't like a below average titans team compared to past years yep and you get your doors blown off 27 to 3 and you showed no sign of of anything offense or defense and like you know the rumors are starting to come out joe burrow's injured joe burrow can't move why isn't he saying anything? Like, if you're getting blown out this badly, wouldn't you kind of want the like? Wouldn't you want to come out and be like, "Hey, like, yeah, I'm not 100 percent, guys. Like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll be back uh, when I get healthy." Blah blah blah, and then maybe take some time off. Or is it maybe Joe Burrow is developed? Right, he's older than a lot of people think. He came into the league at 25 years old, got his big ticket. I, I don't know. I just think that like the Bengals and Joe Burrow would want the injury public if he was actually injured. It's very weird that he's barely taught. Like I haven't seen any interview clips of Joe Burrow. Like you hear Jamar Chase, the soundbite. I'm always fucking open. Why aren't we get? Why aren't we hearing from the guy who's at the center of this all? The guy who threw 20 passes for 165 yards. Like what? That is not the Joe Burrow we know. The Bengals absolutely are timid on offense. Nobody's afraid of them. And 
things are going to get worse before they get better for the Bengals because he's clearly going to play through this injury and just not address it. And that shit's not really going to fly when you have to go, you know, I don't trust them to beat the Seahawks or the Cardinals, which is their next two games. They go Cardinals at Cardinals and then versus Seahawks. No, I can't wait to bet the Cardinals money line next week. Uh, I've been betting the Cardinals every week. Uh, They should have covered last week and then they would have been covered 4-0. But no, the Bengals, man, just a weird vibe in that locker room right now. Feels like Jamar Chase is just focused on getting his contract. Joe Burrow just got his. Joe Mixon, I mean, beating cases in the offseason. Like, it's just very weird, weird energy in Cincinnati right now. And Zach Taylor not a very good head coach not very good with dealing not very good at dealing with the media at least and no i don't i like i don't know i just keep going back like you would want that injury like public would you not yeah and it's leading to all of us to speculate otherwise right like it's people taking videos of him at fucking practice getting in you know vans like it nobody knows what the hell is going on and for a league like in general in the NFL that is always under such a microscope, it's like nobody is talking about the Bengals like who could have been a Super Bowl contender. What the fuck is going on right now? No, it's like this is uh, really, really, really bad because the Bengals had huge expectations going into this year and they have actually looked like one of the worst teams in the league. Like you are not scared to play the Bengals this year. You're almost happy to see that the Bengal tiger helmet on your, on your schedule. They had like real, real organizational momentum coming into this season, real expectations. And yeah, absolutely nothing more disappointing right now. I would say than the Bengal season so far, like in terms of expectations to results, they're absolutely at the top of the list for being disappointing. Far and away, the biggest letdown start to the season. I mean, you still got time to turn it around. And since he, it always kind of do, does feel like they're playing from behind a little bit with their starts. But it, this has a different vibe than those other years where it's like, okay, like they're they're still putting up 21 points, but the defense didn't have a great performance. Or it's like nothing looks good with Cincinnati right now. And they need to figure it out quickly. Nothing at all. Uh, we go to... Clean up now. The Vikings managed to kind of stave away the Panthers and uh, keep their head a tiny bit above water. They couldn't afford to lose this game at all. Uh, it would have been complete panic shit show time. I still think it's kind of there, though. Yeah, that was an absolute must win for the Vikings. And Kirk kind of tried to to give it away with that 99-yard pick six. And, I mean, like, it came down, like, the Panthers had a chance to tie it up. Well, I know they would have needed a two point as well, but like they were first and goal with with two minutes left. And if you're a Vikings fan, like you couldn't have been comfortable at all watching that game. It's I, it's bad. I don't know. It's tough, but like the Panthers are definitely one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, Bryce Young does not look good. Uh, CJ Stroud clearly looking like the better pick right now. Uh, he just seems like a like a quarterback. Like he's I hate to re- like fall into, you know, the old shtick, but like he's tall. He's like he's got a big arm. He, he just seems like a quarterback. Bryce Young does not. No, and I would say Anthony Richardson has also looked better than Bryce Young up until this point. It's uh, 
the Vikings, they can build on this though. Let's not give up on our Vikings. Kirk, we look, we're big Kirk fans on this podcast. They can figure it out. Let's see who they play next week. Oh, they play the Chiefs next week. This uh, this could be okay. It could be maybe I'm changing my my their defense is so bad. It's so bad. Like it it is laughably bad. Yeah, it's it's Danielle Hunter and then a bunch of guys you've never yeah. heard of in your life. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they can beat the Chiefs though. The Chiefs didn't look great this weekend. Five yeah, points. Who knows? Uh, the Rams squeak out a win over the Colts in overtime. A game probably they should have won a lot more handily. Kind of a statement loss for the Colts. They they seem feisty in in a certain sense. They their roster is definitely overperforming than what they thought they would. Yeah, this was a fun game. A yeah. really fun game. I mean, you had a couple of rookies showing out. Puka Nakua just continues to just show out every week. Richardson had another great game and actually like led his team from behind and had a great comeback. I mean, obviously they fell short, but you got it to overtime. Tough uh, day for the Gardner Minshew stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're better with uh Anthony Richardson. They just don't really have a defense either. Yeah. But they're they're first they're first in the FC South. Hilarious. I, I mean, we can touch on Jacksonville a bit. They end up getting that win out over the Falcons. I was watching it on Toy Story. Uh, they don't look great though. Like they, Jacksonville's a weird team right now. They they go back to back in London. They got a big spot against the Bills next week. Another team where I guess we'll like see what they're made of. Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence uses legs, which I think he should and continue to do. Calvin Ridley had two receptions. Bad man. Uh, he was like their best receiver. Christian Kirk had a decent day, but yeah, like that was my biggest takeaway from this game. It's like. Calvin Ridley had two. Uh, one was a touchdown catch, which is always nice. But you said a Christian Kirk had eight receptions, and Evan Ingram had seven, and even Travis Etienne had three. So I don't know. I think you should get your best receiver the ball more if you're Jacksonville. Agreed. Um, but now we will move to Thursday night football preview. We've got a toilet bowl here, guys. That's actually a bit unfair to the Commanders. Uh, but Bears at Commanders. The opening line was six. It's already moved to seven. Interesting, interesting matchup here in the sense that everything is on the line for the commanders in terms of prime time here. You can't lose to this Bears team. You almost can't make it close against this Bears team. You have to go in and like demolish them. Yeah, there is the commanders have everything to lose with this game. National TV, the Bears are the worst team in football or at least have that title right now. And I mean, the, the commanders, it's like people including myself, I don't know if they're good or they're average or like they're a good bad team. I just don't really know what to make of them, but you're you're coming off an overtime loss to the Eagles, which we talked about. Sure and now you now you're like hosting the Bears. Like you don't have to go anywhere. You're staying at home. I like the Bears in this spot. I, I don't know why, but this feels just like all the pressure is gonna be on Washington. And you know the Bears, like Justin Fields, actually seemed to find success last week and looked like a looked like the quarterback he was drafted to be. And I don't know, this just feels like you know the the Bears can lose by a field goal and and just go in there and cover the spread. And then the questions are going to start going to the Commanders after this. Yeah, it's a really interesting matchup in that sense. It's going to be like a a fifteen to twelve game, something ridiculous like that. Uh, it, it's 
It's a spot that if you're the Bears, you throw everything at the wall for this game. I'm talking fake punts. I'm talking fake extra points. Like going for it at fourth and one, you throw absolutely everything at the wall. Yeah, I love that mindset. Like I, I do think these teams that are, you know, over have one win. Just get aggressive, man. Like show that you want to win games. What do you have to lose when your season's borderline already over? Uh, I know the Bears probably want to tank in some capacity but they've lost 14 straight so you got to win one like you got to win one you can't set the record which i think is 26 straight losses in the nfl uh eberflus like i don't know i think i feel like they'll just keep him throughout the entire year because they want number one number two with carolina's pick as well The the only two winless teams and the bears have both those picks it's just Oh, what a what a comedy this this Bears team is this year. But no, I think I think they can cover the spread. I, I also love the under 44 and a half. Yeah, I think that I'm just trying to get a look at the, the Bears number here for the money line. I plus two forty. Plus two forty. That's tasty, man. I th- why not, man? Why not? I think that that's that's probably where I will end up. I used to love betting on the Bears back in the day, like two or three years ago, and then I learned my lesson like really quickly, and I haven't bet them in probably two or three years, like in in any capacity. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited for this game. I'm hoping that it's so bad that it's good. Like they've had trouble in these primetime games. And I'm hoping that this turns out to be like an actual good one. Yeah, I'm going to take the under, but I wouldn't mind being wrong on that just to get actual entertainment value out of a out of a Thursday night football game. Yeah, it's it's going to come down to the commander's defense if they show up or not. I mean, they can probably hold the Bears offense to like two field goals, like six points, and then Big they time. put up 20 and it's a 20 to six game, kind of like you were saying. But yeah. I don't know. It's it's someone's got to win this game. And why not the Bears? Because I do think all the pressure is on Washington to win this game. Like they have nothing to gain from this. Definitely, I think that that's the 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 very simple odds and ends of it. All the pressures on the Commanders here, and the Bears. It's time to shock the world, prove everybody what you're made of. Uh, but that'll do it for us today on the Goalpost. Thank you for listening and subscribing. We always appreciate it, and we'll get back to you next week. Until then, Patrick. See you later, Damon. See ya.